The gospel reading for this morning comes from Luke's gospel beginning in the 6th chapter at the 17th verse. Luke wrote these things. And Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place. And with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, you are the light of minds that know you, the life of souls that love you, and the strength of hearts that serve you. So help us to know you, that we may truly love you, and so to love you, that we may faithfully serve you, Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. A woman at a county fair placed a large basket of big, red, juicy apples on a table. And she then put a sign right in front of the basket which read, These apples are free to everyone, but take only one. God is watching you. So a little boy, Jimmy, studied the sign on the apples with interest. And he spied a large platter of chocolate chip cookies on another table and made a sign which he then placed near the cookies. His sign read this. Take all the chocolate chip cookies you want because God is watching the apples. So this morning we want to take a few minutes to explore what it means to be blessed. You know, it is indeed an ancient notion that believes that those who succeed are ones that God favors. You know, the ones 
with good health, a happy family, a nice wardrobe, a big McMansion, a new car, a large investment account. These are the blessed. Meanwhile, those who seem to struggle with illness, broken homes, tattered clothing, extreme poverty, these are the cursed and afflicted. You know, the woeful folks. And the single, only single problem with all of these notions is that that is not what Jesus taught about the nature of being blessed. Many of us here are somewhat familiar with the Sermon on the Mount as it comes to us in Matthew's Gospel. And Luke, in this passage, uses some of the very same material, but it's presented in a totally different fashion. Because, you see, Luke's sermon, it's not set on a hillside where Jesus is above the people, looking out over the crowd and handing down the word from on high to those who are beneath him. Matthew's account is meant to be in line with Moses receiving the Ten Commandments from God on Sinai. But Luke, Luke sets this sermon on a plane. Jesus stands on level ground where a large crowd has gathered and they are pressing in on him. And on this plane, Jesus moves among them, touching them, healing them, curing their afflictions, and teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then please note that Luke's list of those who are blessed by God is a bit more descriptive and tangible than in Matthew's account. And then there are those woes, absent in Matthew's account. In Luke, Jesus announces a series of blessings and then a matching set of woes. Blessed are you who are poor, who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. But woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. And woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Think on these words. What do they say about our dreams and our hopes? What do they say about the value of sorrow, our pain, and our hunger? And then let us take it one step further. What do these blessings and woes say about what God is all about? Where is God? Whom does God bless? And who is God for? In these words... Jesus reverses all our expectations. In effect, in effect, what he's saying is everything that you thought you knew, that's wrong. But these reversals provide a wondrous truth to us when you think about it because I need to know that God understands my pain, my poverty, my despair, my sin, my fear. I need to know that God is with me the way I really am 
and that God's grace is sufficient for me each and every day. I really need to know that society's image of success, happiness, and prosperity does not hold a lot of weight from God's perspective. I need to know that God is right here beside me, where I live, on the plane, on the level, where I am sick and I'm in need. I need to know that I can touch Jesus and be touched by Him right here, right now, where I struggle to do what is right and where I fight some days just to hold on to my faith. I need to know that it is okay not to have all the answers, to not understand all the mysteries, and to not be joyful all of the time. So I ask you simply this morning, do you feel blessed today? And think about your answer before you reply. If your answer is yes, I feel blessed because, and then you begin to list the stuff that makes you feel happy, then look out. Because Jesus says such things are false sources of happiness. They're temporal. If you have them now, you already have your reward. Beyond that, if you think that your possession of stuff somehow proves that you are more important, more obedient, more loved, more highly favored, or more blessed than those who do not, you are highly mistaken. Do not believe that lie, lest your stuff become your only reward. Jesus points today beyond stuff. And one of the problems with stuff and I've got a lot of stuff, is that it usually distracts us from what is happening in the world around us. But stuff is just stuff. It can never take the place of God. And its presence and its abundance in our lives cannot be biblically equated with divine blessing anywhere. So where do we experience God's power most often in our world? I would say it's most often seen when people reach out to one another in their need. And where do we experience God's presence most in our world? It's generally not in the good times, the easy times, or the times when we're blind to the pain within us and around us. Rather, the best chance to experience God's presence is in those moments of personal brokenness. When someone else reaches out and touches us. God does great things for us when we're open to God's presence in the presence of others in our need. And I think what troubles God most at times is our plastic smiles, our ignorance, our self-righteousness, our couldn't-care-less attitudes toward those around us who are in need. So happiness, blessedness, it's not found in wealth, in three square meals a day, in mindless laughter, or in the good opinions that others may somehow have of us. True blessedness 
is found in surrender. It's found in letting go. Blessedness is found in knowing that God really cared about those needs and that God is present with us to meet those needs. Blessedness is found in trusting God and doing the works of God, the works of loving, caring, healing, sharing, forgiving. So this idea of blessing, it is really big stuff because it matters in that it changes how you look at the world in which you live. So blessed are the single mothers who struggle to feed and clothe their children and to teach them self-respect. And blessed are the lonely widows who weep and who visit those who have suffered the same kind of loss they have. Blessed are the daughters who nurse their dying parents rather than leaving them to strangers. And the father who spends time with their children instead of spending extra time at the office trying to get ahead. Blessed are those who are rooted in the faith and who share what they have materially and spiritually with others. And finally, blessed are those who know their need, who trust in God and follow in God's way. For they are like trees planted by streams of living water. Their leaves do not wither, and in all that they do, their spirits prosper. May it be so for us. Amen.